0: Good morning, church family. Amen. I'm a stickler for starting on time. All I can tell you is you will get out. Okay. It's like going to the doctor. You know, you have an appointment. I don't mean but one thing. You will get in. But it's so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. And if you're a guest in the house, we welcome you. And I hope that you will return and uh, enjoy your time of worshiping the Lord here at First Baptist with us. And, uh, we are grateful for all of you who are here. And if you would, I'd appreciate it. Uh, uh, if you would reach over and pick up a care card and fill that out. You say, I've done it before. It won't hurt to do it again. Uh, I'm having, I, the older I get, the worse shape I get in. I'm uh, like Dean and me. We both getting old. We can't hear good. We can't see good. And, and, huh? <laughs> and we can't remember. That's the worst part of getting old is remembering. I want to be able to call your name. Uh, so I tell people, look, you tell me who you are until I can beat you to the draw. Okay. So how long will that take? Oh, about that long. I mean, you know, whatever it takes. I, I just, I'm a personal person. Okay. And I want to know you. I, I, I count it a privilege to be able to call you, uh, by your first name and it might be your brother or your sister's name but just bear with me okay could be your grandpa's name i mean you know has anybody got any spoken announcements you want to make two pretty girls okay y'all come
1: on okay we just want to tell you about our september mission project for the ga's and as you can see, I have about 99% of the GAs out today. So Caroline's standing up here with me. But we are going to um, be learning about refugees this month. And so our project is to make, what are we making?
2: We are making you our love bags for refugee children.
1: Yes. And the girls are learning that a refugee is someone that um, has to flee from somewhere, from their homeland because of persecution for religious beliefs or political beliefs, um, or it could be somebody that has to flee because of a natural disaster. So we are in touch with the South Carolina Baptist Convention, and we are going to be making these bags. They cost $5. It's a coloring pad, a notepad, markers, crayons, and a little stuffed animal. So we're just asking for your support. If you want to bring in these items, that's great. Um, If you want to give us money so we can go get the items, um, that'd be great, too. But the girls are going to put a letter in here, a handwritten letter, telling the people that Jesus loves them. And then we're going to make sure they get in the hands of our goal is some Afghanistan refugees that have had to flee Afghanistan. And then also... um, nationally, some refugees from New Orleans or from the Louisiana area that was just hit by the hurricane. So we would appreciate your support. And hopefully we'll be able to tell you a little more next week when we have more talkers. Thank you.
3: I want to thank you for the Romanian boxes. We had 43. That's a village. And uh, we took them uh, Friday. And I was amazed at the boxes and what they had in them and that we could actually put the child's name on it and it will actually be handed to that child. I can't imagine how that village will be at Christmas when they open that box and they get all their things out because that's probably the only Christmas they'll have. In being at the Baca tribe in Africa, just to give them a bar of soap is huge because I gave, a woman asked me for um, some soap to wash her clothes, so I, I found soap, and she they, I gave them to all the ladies in the village because I couldn't just give one. But, you know, the excitement there, and um, we talked to Brother John McKnight at Hephzibah, and he said they would be taking pictures. I made a picture of all the boxes, but, you know, the devil didn't want me to show it to you, so won't go through the computer back there. But uh, I was just amazed. And I thank you. You're touching the children in Romania in such a huge way. So thank you.
4: Good morning. I need to make an announcement about Forever Young. The sign-up sheets are in the vestibule and in the common area back here for our September meeting. Please be sure to go ahead and sign up, because we need a count to get the right number of chicken strips. Thank you.
0: Is there any, any other lady wants to talk? <laughs> all right. A lot going on, a lot happening, and you can be a very vital part of all of that in doing what you do, in giving. Uh, whichever way God leads you, uh, to give. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, what an exciting time, Lord, to be in your house with your family, centered around your songs, your word. And Lord, I thank you for every guest that we have in our, in, in your house today. And Lord, we thank you for the privilege That you are giving us to minister to them today. And we thank you for them choosing to come this way. And Lord, I pray that you bless every home that's represented in this room today. Many of our people are out. Some are sick. Some are on vacation. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with all of these. And Lord, whatever is accomplished here today, uh, we want it to go to to you to, to, to glorify and praise your holy name. Because you are a true and living God and Lord, I thank you so much this morning that I don't have to be convinced that you're real, that I don't have to be convinced that your son died on the cross for my sins and arose from the grave and is soon to come back. Father, I pray that you're blessed today in this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
5: If you feel like you've had victory in Jesus, let me hear you say amen. Amen. I want you to stand and I want you to sing that victory in Jesus. I want to hear it now.
6: line to see, and then I cried, "Did Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit, and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory.
3: he gave us upon the cross, Lord. Father God, we just stand amazed at what had happened Lord. after all these years. It still amazes me. And Father God, we just want to tell you that we love you and we thank you so much. And Father, as we come to this time, Lord, just to give back a little bit of what you've given to us, Lord, I just pray that you must multiply it in the advancement of your kingdom. Lord, it's in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
5: Let us stand and we'll sing how great is our God.
6: Bye.
0: this morning, and uh, Donna, come on. Donna wants to share something with us before we read off our prayer request. Thank you.
4: Good morning, church family. Um, I wanted to come this morning. I asked for just a few minutes from Kenny because I felt the need and um, the urge to thank God and my church family uh, for getting me through what could have ended very badly um, a few weeks ago. Um, August the 19th, between 8.30 and 8.45 p.m., I was babysitting my three grandchildren in Signal Mountain, Tennessee, by myself. My daughter and her husband were in Dallas, Texas. Um, I had the two-year-old down asleep already. The 15-year-old was in the shower getting ready for bed. And the nine-year-old was sitting in an armchair with me. Suddenly, I mean suddenly, I started fading out. I looked over into his smiling face. That's the last thing I remember. I had no time to be worried to be scared, to call out for help, or anything. It was that quick. I looked at his smiling face. The next thing I knew, I woke up in a little car that I couldn't figure out how I got in. Later, I realized it was an ambulance, but when I woke up, I thought, what am I doing in this little car? But anyway, I ended up at Erlanger Hospital in downtown Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I was admitted as a Jane Doe. Actually, my name was Tango White Doe. Uh, so (laughs) you can call me Tango now. Uh, and they thought I was having a stroke. Uh, my right side was basically paralyzed. I could not talk. Uh, the, Doctors told me later that all I would say was, I can't, I can't, I can't, which actually summed things up pretty well, but I couldn't say anything else. Uh, I was blind in my right eye. Every time my nurse would walk to the right, I would think, where'd she go? You know, so it was really, really weird. But during that entire time, I was never afraid. I was never worried. I just, I was just there. Um, And then 36 hours later, I walked out of that hospital. I could see out of my right eye, and I was told I did not have a stroke. I mean, I am blessed beyond measure. Um, And today, um, I wanted to do two things. The first thing I wanted to do was thank God and Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I read some scripture right after I got home, and it kind of summed it up. It was from Psalm 116, five through 9. Um, it says, The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our Lord God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. That's exactly what God did for me. And the second thing that I want to thank this morning is my wonderful church family and my own family and my friends for praying for me when I could not pray for myself, when I could not call out to God on my own. Um, I literally could not. Um, Kenny has been talking on Wednesday nights about the intercessory prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. And I have always realized how much intercessory prayer is needed, but it was never brought home to me like it was during this episode. I literally had no time or no ability to call out to God or to pray for him. And I just want to thank you for praying for me and just to tell you, it is so, it's so very, very important to pray for those who cannot or don't know how to pray for themselves, regardless of what the situation is. Um, I stand before you today because I believe God heard and honored the prayers for me from his people. And I stand here today because we have a faithful God. Uh, Rosa Isabel did the devotion for the fair young group that I attended one week after I was hospitalized. Uh, I was listening to her devotion and just enjoying it. And then she said something about listening to a CD and hearing the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. As soon as she said those words, Tears came up into my eyes immediately, and my heart swelled within me because I realized that's what I had experienced the great faithfulness of God. So I knew then that I had to openly thank God and my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for his graciousness, love, and faithfulness, and my church family for reaching out and praying for me when I could not pray for myself. And I'd like to close with the words the, the first verse of Great is Thy Faithfulness, and then a short quote from Psalms. Great is Thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassion they fail not. As Thou hast forever, Thou wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And then Psalms 105. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Thank you God, thank you church family. Amen.
0: As we continue thinking about what to pray for are all of our government officials, our nation for sure, our military, our law enforcement, our fire and rescue people, our doctors and nurses, our students, our bus drivers, all that has to do with our school system, um, our farmers, our choir, our music committee, Miss Judy Davis, Jack McCormick, people in Afghanistan, Sonia Poor, uh, Kinsley Shepherd, Roger Marsingale. And uh, many of you know I talk to my 92-year-old uncle every Sunday morning. This morning, he's not doing good at all, and neither is my aunt. They're both 92, still living alone, but they are struggling. So you would lift them up in prayer also.
5: I was asked to put Aaron Moorhead on
0: their list, too. To throw Aaron Moorhead. Okay, to put you. The okay, All right, Brother Ray.
5: I just want to say I love me some Donna Boucher. <laughs> that was a strong testimony. Thank you. We um, we need each other. I don't know a lot of y'all. Don't know a lot of names and faces. A lot of new people here, and that's fantastic. You know, that's what we want. But I need you. You need me. We need each other. And, and I'm not as old as a lot of y'all. But we live in a divisive world right now, more so than I can ever remember. And um, we need each other more than ever right now. We need each other's prayers and. Um, And we need to be looking for miracles in our own lives and uh, recognize them in in other people's lives as well. So join me as we pray. Thank you, dear Lord, so much for uh, this church family. Uh, Thank you for Donna's testimony, and I just thank you for the miraculous work you did in her life. Lord, I um, lift everybody up in this church this morning to you. Uh, Every single person in here, Lord, is dealing with uh, with something, something that that we need prayers in our lives, Lord, that we need um, your healing touch in our lives, Lord. And um, I just I lift everybody up in here today, Lord. Um, I just I certainly lift up those that are not able to be here today, Lord, whether it be COVID or whatever the case may be, Lord. But, man, there is so much around us, Lord, that people are suffering from. And... Um, and I just pray that you would just engulf us, Lord, with your, your love, your grace, your mercy, and your healing touch, Lord, and, and just give it where it's needed. Um, I'm so very thankful to be here today, Lord, on, a, on an absolutely beautiful day. And I look so forward to, to the word that you, you're going to send us through, Kenny, Lord. And, um, and uh, I just thank you for the ability, the freedom, the opportunity to be here, Lord, and to worship. Worship you and the fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. We um, we just thank you for loving us. We lift up um, you know all those that that serve and protect, Lord. Certainly my brothers in, um, in law enforcement and and. Um, uh, I'm so thankful for those in the utilities that have gone and uh, heeded the call to uh, help those in, in Louisiana and Mississippi that have been devastated by these by this hurricane and this flooding, Lord. And those who have lost their homes, Lord, we lift them up to you, and I just pray that we can find ways to reach out and, and help those, Lord. Um, there's so much for us to do, Lord, as Christians uh, around here, and I just pray that each and every one of us can be inspired to. To give of our time, give of our our um, our services, Lord. Give of our money to uh, uh, to missions, Lord. Just to reach out and help those in other countries, those in other states, and certainly those right here in our own hometowns, Lord, that uh, that need our help. Uh, be with the service today, Lord. Keep us safe as we leave here today. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Amen.
0: ask you to do your best as I do my best to tune out the cares of the world for a few moments and concentrate on what Jeremiah, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, has to say, and I think we can apply it to our own lives, to our own county, our state, the nation. Jeremiah, chapter 1, and we're going to skip there a little bit, but I'm going to wait till you find it. I thank you so much for bringing God's Word with you to His house. We're going to talk about six things that God cannot do. Chapter 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, and this is what he says, Say not that I am a child, for thou shalt go To all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. That's scary, isn't it? I'm going to tell you where to go. I'm going to tell you what to say. You just obey me. You know, I'm like Mac, I like to be prepared. I want to know sort of what I'm going to say. But I want to hear what the Lord has to say. Also, he says, be not afraid of their faces. For... I am with thee to deliver thee saith the Lord chapter 17 verses 9 and 10 y'all that sounds good it sounds like water running over rocks I thank you for bringing the word 17:9 The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's you and me, okay? Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the conscience, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Chapter 32. Verse seventeen, Ah, Lord God, Ah, we say that sometimes, don't we? Ah, you know, like my goodness, Lord God, behold, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth by Thy great power and Thy outstretched arm, and there is nothing too hard for Thee. Verse twenty six and twenty seven. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, and this is what he says again. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Here's an important question. Is there anything too hard for me? Father, help us to see where we are in our walk with you. It's important, Lord, that I know where I am with you. And I pray that You'd reveal that through Your Holy Word today as we look at six things, God, that You cannot do. And I thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Sometimes we always refer to Jeremiah as the weeping prophet. And that he was. He got a word from God. And every time he took it to the king, the king just took a, a knife or a scissors or whatever he had, and he just cut up the word. I mean he disrespected everything uh, that Jeremiah did and when I think about that it, he's known as that weeping prophet but let me tell you something he never lost compassion for his people now Jesus listen had compassion and he's he's taught us as Christians that we need to have compassion you know some folks nothing's ever happened to them that's brought them to their knees and I think about them. You know, hey, there's going to be a time somewhere in your life and mine, we're going to be brought to our knees. It may not be in this life, but the Bible says that one of these days, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, old Nebuchadnezzar gave Jeremiah a choice. You either go back out there unto them people... Or you can go back to your people. Now his people done rejected him, okay? They didn't like him. You know why they didn't like it? He was one of them. He knew where they were. But on the other hand, they knew where he used to be. But I love it where God says, Jeremiah, I knew you when you was in your mother's womb. I knew you. I was getting prepared for You. Can you imagine our ladies right now that's expecting babies that God already has a plan for them babies? So hey, Nebuchadnezzar said, what do you want to do? He said, I'm going back to my people. They rejected you. I'm going back to my people. Why? Because God commanded me to go back and have compassion on them. Well, I don't have to tell you our nation is dark. You know, we go to bed every night. They don't mean we're going to wake up. Many of you, just like us, we have cameras all over the place. we got all these tones that go off if somebody breaks a barrier and comes across the line or whatever. So there's no guarantee that somebody, even this afternoon or tonight, will walk into your home with a... With a weapon and kill you and all your family. There's no guarantee that that won't happen. But here's where we are. We need to know for a fact that we belong to God. hey, I can't help what's going to happen. But I certainly, and I do every day, I pray for our law enforcement. Every aspect of our law enforcement. A man that puts on the uniform. Where's the badge? Where's the weapon? Why? To protect us. And they're being shot down over across our nation every day. No respect. You know where that starts? In the home. If I didn't respect my daddy when he was living, why should I respect my employer? You know, I praise God. Now you listen, I'm not perfect man, All right, It's a good thing you all don't know my past. But I've never been fired off of a job. Never. Never. Never been asked to leave. I asked myself to leave. (laughs) Lord, get me out of here. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you something. Lynn and I every morning, we pray for our church family. You know why? Because I love you. I don't, it bothers us when we get a phone call that somebody's down sick. You don't think, Lord, what else can happen? A lot of times to that family. Looks like they've had enough. It's 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 all about calling them. It's all about praying over them. You know, life is short, and the best we can do is not good enough. That's a good question. I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? No, there's nothing that God can't do. Six things He can't do. Listen to this. Hopefully you got your, your outline there. First thing, God cannot lie. How do you know, preacher? Well, I'll go by what the word of God says. We're not going to turn to it, but I want you to write down Hebrews 6:18. Hebrews 6:18 simply says it is impossible for God to lie. What's the word? Impossible for God to lie. Write this down, Titus, chapter 1, verse 2. Simply says, my God cannot lie. So I take Him at His Word. If He says it, you can count on it. If He's promised it, look for it. You know why, L- listen, I believe the reason a lot of people are lost today, they don't believe that the Son of God is soon to come. You say, well, it's been preached over a hundred thousand a year, uh, hundreds of years, so what are you gonna do with it? I'm gonna be ready. Hey, it's none of my business when he's coming, or if he's coming, it's my business to share the word. Because he is coming. He cannot lie. You know, every promise he's ever made has come true. You know, I put my trust in him. Listen, now, some things I think, well, Lord, I don't want to trouble you. I think I can handle this and so far but then i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't consult you on this little little matter nothing is too little and nothing is too big for my god nothing he's there he wants to be there you know uh he is truth john 8:32 simply says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. My God cannot lie. Secondly, my God cannot be tempted with evil. You hear me now? He cannot be tempted with evil. James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Because the Bible says He does not tempt us. Well, when you look at that, you know, God is not attracted to sin, okay? How do you know that, preacher? When my Jesus was hanging on that cross, Jesus said, Father, why have you turned your back on me? Why have you forsaken me? One reason, I just said it, because God cannot and is not attracted to sin. And his son, my Savior, was dying for your sins and mine. So he cannot look at it. He cannot be tempted with evil. You know, a hellish life is the opposite of a holy life. So which way are we going? Which, where is the needle pointing? You got a hellish life over here and you got a, you got a holy life over here. Where's the needle pointing? He said, well, I, I'm undecided. It, my needle's right in the middle. No, you can't be in the middle. It's either one way or the other. Jesus said, you're either for me or you're against me. And so when we look at that, we see, uh, also purity turns away defilement. If I want to live a pure life, I got to stay in the word and I got to stay away from the hellish crowd. Now listen to me. I'm not talking about not witnessing to the lost, okay? I'm talking about not running with them. Now, I'll tell you about me as a teenager. You listen, you listen carefully. God bless me. I never have tasted of a beer or, or a liquor. I have no idea what it tastes like. But when I was a teenager, I was running with the wrong crowd. And when I would go in a bar, I'd order me a drink. No, not intoxicated drink i ordered me a Pepsi. Now you listen. I'd come out of there staggering as drunk as the rest of them. You know why? I wanted to be like them. Next morning, I'll stay. I was straight up and straight out. And they all, you know, I don't see how he'd tell How can he drink like that and just walk, you know? Now whether that was wrong or whether that was right, it was wrong on one side because people supposed to knew what I was. Okay? What I was is not what I is now. Okay? I know am My God cannot be tempted with evil. Thirdly. God cannot tempt man. James 1.13, the second part of that verse says, Neither tempteth he any man. Now God tested us in the garden, okay? It was a test. God knew what Adam and Eve would do. But Adam and Eve didn't know. It was a test. This tree in the midst, You're to leave it alone. For in the day you do it, you shall, get the word shall, as future, you shall die. Here comes Satan, and he says, you surely, surely won't die. No. He was talking about right then. Take a hold of it right then. Now, you're not going to die. No. But you shall die out in the future. Therefore, death was set in motion when they partook of the forbidden fruit, whatever that was. It went against. They went against God. God don't tempt us. God tests us. And Adam and Eve failed the test. Many of us, sometimes we fail the test. But you know what? I believe God is like some of the teachers that I had when I was in high school. Now, Kenny, I tell you what. I'm going to give you one more chance. I want you to show up after school in my class. I'm going to give you that test again. You know why? She had compassion. She wanted me to pass. So she gave me a second chance. God's the same way. You failed the first test, but I want to give it to you again because I know you know better. I know you can do better than this. As I said, the principal would come around every time Polk cards went out, set us down one by one and look at our grades and say, now, you can do better than this, can't you? Well, only a fool would say, I ain't going to do it. Yes, sir. I will. I will do my best to get in there with it. Okay. God cannot and cannot tempt man. Uh, You know, all things comes. All good things. Excuse me. All good things comes from God. Now, the test we going through. Sometimes you might think I can't handle this. Oh, yes, you can. You can't handle it because God's going to see to it that you're able to handle it if you remain faithful. Now, God doesn't allow, uh, you know, temptation to come in order to trip us up. But he allowed temptation to come when the devil said, Hey, have you considered your servant Job? I mean, didn't you tell me he's an upright, perfect man? Yes. You give him to me just a little bit and he'll curse you and die. God simply says, Okay, you can have him. Whatever you want to do to him, but don't you 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 don't you kill him. And the devil made Job's life miserable. Miserable. He lost everything except his wife. Nothing said about it except she said, Won't you just curse God and die? What's the use in living? You have caused us to lose everything that we've worked for. He said, "I'm going to serve Him. If He kills me, Amen. I'd rather be a dead saint than a dead sinner, lost and leave this world." Hey, there is an appointed time out there. By the way, God knows all things. And Romans eight twenty eight says everything for the Christian. Everything works for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. As the scripture said there, Jeremiah said, And the word of the Lord came to me. And this is what He said. I'm going to send you places that you probably don't want to go. I'm going to give you words that you never even dreamed of. Recently, I was called to the home. Man's dying. I got out of my vehicle as I made my way from the vehicle to the door. I'm thinking, Lord, I don't know these people. I have no idea what to say. And Lord, I ask you to just give me the right words at the right time. And he did. A simple prayer, a quick prayer. How long did it take me to walk from that vehicle to the door? Less than a minute. Oh, I can say, "Hey, I, I can't. I just can't come right now. I'm, I'm busy." Listen, I, I'm a. I, I do my best to be a twenty-four-seven pastor. Does that mean anything to you? I tell you what, it ought to mean. You call me day or night. I don't care what time of day or what time of night. If I hear the phone, and hopefully I do, I keep it right by my, right on my nightstand, right by my head, within two feet of me. Yes, I'll answer it. Why? Because I have compassion. Because I love you. You call me to be your pastor. I know I'm not the greatest preacher ever was, but I want to be, I want to be a good pastor. I want to let you know, hey, I love you. I care for you. There's a fourth thing that my God cannot do. God cannot change. Malachi 3.6 simply says, I change not. I'm glad for that. I change not. I'm going to be there for you. I change not. You know, His Word doesn't change. And I like what Jesus said. The uh, the uh, the Bible says that Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, what does that have to do with? To me, it has to do with our Lord's love for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. What if He hadn't gave His Son? You'd be lost. I'd be lost. But he gave that son. Why? Because God loves. Why did Jesus die on that cross as he looked out over that crowd? He said, Lord, please don't lay this charge there. Please forgive them. You know why? Not only the love of God, but the compassion of Jesus. The compassion of Jesus. And another thing that Jesus said, no matter how rotten you might become. Or I become. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. That's a promise. And he's never left me. Let me give you a fifth thing that my God cannot do. And this might blow you out of the water, but listen to this. God cannot save those who do not want to be saved. Preacher, I don't care what you say to me. You cannot change my mind. I'm lost. And you can't change that fact. And I'm not going to accept Christ. Let me tell you something, preacher. i got more lost friends and I have saved friends. And I'm going to be with them in hell. I heard that. I'm going to be with my friends in hell. The Bible says it's a place of outer darkness. crying, chewing the tongue. You know, many of you hunt. Okay, I know you hunt. And, hey, that's great. I, I used to hunt. But every animal that I have ever killed, there's one thing that I've always noticed. Right? They died in excruciating pain. And so they chew the tongue gnashing of the teeth and I know if you're like me at one time or another you have bitten your tongue that's painful it's a little bitty member but it can sure give you pain God cannot save those who do not want to be saved Hebrews 5 verse 9 only those who obey only those who accept he became sin for us. Jesus did. Who knew no sin? Can you imagine condemning somebody who never sinned, but you're going to be put on the cross because you are a blasphemer, because you healed on the wrong day, because you claimed to be God. We're going to kill you. Don't you know the devil had a great running fit that day that he died? But three days later, Wow. Jesus walked out of that grave. The tomb was empty. People could see him. He met with his disciples. He met with people to let them know, Hey, it's me. I'm alive. I I can picture that sight when he was taken up into a cloud. And they said, Hey, this same guy, this same Jesus whom you have seen taken up into the clouds, is going to come In like manner. Are you going to be on that cloud? Most every cloudy day. I mean I'm searching and I'm looking. (laughs) I'm looking. And all of a sudden I see all kind of formations up. I see dogs, cats. I mean people. Formation. If you look at them long enough. It's just constantly changing. Drawing attention. You know what the Bible says about clouds? They're the dust of God's feet and on a on a big cloudy day with big big white clouds all over the place boy he is stirring up things today my god cannot save those who do not want uh, to be saved first corinthians 10:13 uh, i think that might come up on the screen first corinthians 10:13 The devil is in the computer. Not on it. First Corinthians 10, 13. If it don't come up, we're going to turn to it. Oh, well. There, look at there. Look what this says now. There hath no temptation. It didn't say sin. Taken you. But such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above what ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape. That ye may be able to bear it. Many of you have asked me. Where's that scripture? You won't put more on you can bear. There it is. Look at Second Peter 2. 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Okay? Now, 2 Peter 3 9. 2 Peter 3 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long suffered. He has a lot of patience to us usward. Not willing, get this now, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not God's will that any lost person die and go to hell. But that God would would penetrate that heart and they would get saved and be on their way uh, to heaven. The song, what a mighty God we serve. He's that mighty to save and to serve. Listen, number six, and I'm done. God cannot see our sins that are under the blood. God cannot see our sins that are under the blood. What does that mean? That means when I confess my sins, God knows if I'm serious or not. When I confess my sins, my sins become under the blood of Jesus. And and the Bible is very plain. Uh, It says that he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Real quickly. Why east to west? Why not north to south? Because we can measure from north to south. Meaning we could go down and get them or go up and get them. But as far as the east is from the west, if you're going east, you'll never go west. If you're going west, you'll never go east. He has buried them in the deepest part of the sea. Where it's not even possible for a man to go the deepest. He don't want us picking them up. You know what the devil's probably telling you right now? Well, you know what old so-and-so done to you. You know what he done to you. You know what he done to you. Listen, I don't care what anybody does to me. I'm gonna love that person. I'm gonna pray for that person, and I'm gonna do my best to walk before God. Hello? Probably not a person in here, adults especially. Probably not an adult in here that somebody hasn't hurt your feelings or said something out of the way to you. Hey, (laughs) the lady said, I'm sick and tired of hearing you preach out of the book of Genesis. Do you not know anything else? I know the Bible, some of it. I'm sick and tired of the way you do in the community. Can you not do any different? The husband is sitting there in his presence. <laughs> in her presence. He said, oh, we, we, don't, we don't want you to quit. We just have some things we want to talk to you about. So I'm listening. <laughs> I only went there for a social visit. Many years went down the road. I'm gone. I'm out of their presence. Probably not out of their mind. Because I got a call from the mother one day. Upset, bad. Can you please come talk to my son? You know what I did? I went as quick as I could get there. Why? One word. Compassion. Compassion. When I become un. Compassion, I have lost and got away from my commitment to Jesus. I don't have to please you. You don't have to please me. But we had better be about pleasing the Father. Is there anything too hard for my God? No. But there are six things there that we've listed that God cannot do. And I'm glad if nothing else, I'm glad he, do, he can't lie. Okay? I'm glad he can't lie. He said, I've gone to fix you a place. I have no idea what that place looks like. But it's gonna be fantastic. Amen. Whatever it is. Wherever it is. It's in heaven. You ask, if you ask a lot of children, which way is heaven? They point up right quick. Which way is hell? they point down right quick. Who lives in heaven? God does. Who lives in hell? The devil does. They know. Isn't it amazing how us as adults sometimes, we just simply can't get a handle on it? You know what I believe? I believe sometimes we don't want to get a handle on it. We sort of like it like it is. This old boy used to work for me and I'm I'm done, seriously. (laughs) He He worked for me. I just worked part-time. Okay, I'm pastor in the church. and if I'm doing construction work, I may not work every day, but he worked for me. His wife worked full-time, hard as she could go. Well, when we didn't work, well, he just, you know, he enjoyed hunting and what have you. So I asked him one day, I said, uh, why don't you, I said, I love having you, but why don't you think about getting a full-time job in order to help your wife? He said, well, I sort of like it like it is. So I says to him, I said, uh, what if I talk to Emma about this? That was his wife. Oh, he said, don't don't mention it to Emma. Don't mention it to Emma. Hey, God knows. A lot of the trouble in every home in America, every home, a lot of times, every home, a lot of times, it's the daddy. It's the daddy. I, I mean, you know, I'm sure my daddy didn't go to church every Sunday, but I can't remember a Sunday. That he didn't go. I can't remember. And he was always there. He didn't take me and drop me off. I don't ever remember being dropped off. I remember being carried. Okay. Until I got to the point. That I knew more than my daddy. And I quit. Worst mistake. One of the worst mistakes I ever made. And God. Wore me out. Not all at one time, but gradually. I love you. I I appreciate you. Obey the Lord. Thank you for being here today. See if we can't make it a habit. Vacation time for a lot of folks is over. School's already back in. Let's be committed and desperately pray for our music committee. Desperately pray. Listen. There are very few musicians out there who's willing to move from where they are. But God knows who we need, and He knows where they are. Father, thank You for the day. Thank You for Your presence. Thank You for those who are here today. Bless them. Bless their home. And Lord, I thank You for all the daddies that are present today, and the husbands. Lord, lead us. Help us. To be the husband and the daddy. And is myself, the granddaddy that I need to be. That I'd walk before my family the way you would have me walk. Because you knew me before I was ever born. Lord, touch hearts, touch lives. If there's any lost here, Lord, bring them to this altar today before it's everlasting too late. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Dean's coming. I'll lead us in our hymn of invitation. If you need to come to the altar, uh, the altar is open. Brother Dean, what are we singing? The Savior is waiting. How long are you gonna cause him to wait? Don't cause him to keep waiting. The
6: Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you? In his arms open wide
0: Closest aisle. Uh, make sure you give those to one of the usher boys uh, or one of you men or ladies and whatever. Just pick these cards up. Make sure I get them, though, please. Thank you for your presence today and your attention. Uh, Brother Scott Burton, son, would you come um, and dismiss us this morning? No service tonight. Tomorrow's Labor Day. I don't know why they call it Labor Day to give you off. <laughs> It's labor off day, okay? Hey, labor off day. All right. I know what it is to be a laborer, that's for sure. And I always enjoyed that day to be off. I hope you'll enjoy yours. Again, thank you so much for coming. God bless you. We love you, brother.
5: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we've had, together, together, to focus our attention on your word, to hear the message that you've given Kenny. We ask now that you'd help us to apply that to our lives. Help us to apply it to our heart and our mind so that as we go out, we can be changed and we can honor you through the actions that we take as we serve others, as we help others. Father, this this weekend as we do celebrate the work that you have gifted each of us to do, Father, may we be ever grateful for, for that ability that you've given us. And may we use it in the days to come. To serve those that are around us. And in doing so, give honor to you. Go with us now. Lead us in all that's said and done. And protect us as we travel. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.